As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, we, we are officially on this week's Midweek How, the uh, Shane Grove birthday edition. Um, welcome to the show. And welcome to the shadows, right? Oh, yeah. Welcome to, yeah, I'm feeling yeah, well, it. Well, we don't want to throw everybody off by, uh, by saying welcome to the From the Shadows, because even though it's that's the umbrella... There'll be people that say, wait a second, I didn't turn in. I didn't tune yeah, in. Yeah, well, I can't help it. You guys can't maintain your audience. <laughs> well, you know, they're mad at Jason. Uh, don't even get me started on Jason. Okay, let's go. Let's, <laughs> let's, what we talking about? Let's, we were talking about before he hit the record, Shane, me and Shane was talking about vanilla ice, and that <laughs> is not vanilla ice, and Jason shouldn't be in the same sentence. Well, they are in the same sentence because. The funny thing about Jason, we and we and we really rag on Jason off the air, not so much on the air, but we do off the air because he sometimes is really clueless about the last 30 or 40 years of pop culture. And we could say, like, we could say Vanilla Ice, and he may not even know who Vanilla Ice is. And even the most unattentive person alive the last 30 or 40 years would have an idea of her and he's never even heard of her. he's my age he's our age isn't he yeah he's our age how do you not how did you get through high school without knowing who vanilla ice was he didn't know who vanilla he never heard of mc hammer i remember oh that is a lie what do you go to some catholic school or something <laughs> I, I mean, how do you not even i don't even I'm, I'm lost for words. You sh- we shouldn't even talk about it because I want to be able to talk. He, 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 were you not on the air with us the day that he said he had discovered that the guy who played on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, he found out he was a rapper. Was Will Smith. Yeah, that and that Will it Smith was an was actor. A, hey, he's a, a he's a comedian slapper too. You know, <laughs> it's a man of many talents. 
Oh, so yeah, Jason. Rockbreaker. Yeah. Wow. So how we got on this was you at before we got on. So, hold on I a quit. second. So did his parents? I mean, he's not Amish, is he? I mean, he grew up out there in your neck of the woods, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, guy. From... he's not Amish, is he? Well, he looks Amish, but he'd be the only black he's got Amish, Amish guy. Beard. He's got an Amish. He absolutely has an Amish beard got, because it's yeah. it's shaved across the under his nose, right? Yeah, I think that means you're single, right? Or what's that mean? I think it's got a meaning to it. I don't know. I just think all the Amish shave their beards like that, don't they? No, certain certain styles have certain meanings. You'll have to get. Do we have any Amish people in the in the audience? Oh yeah, we got Amish. Maybe well, we they'll hook Amish. you up on Facebook. Huh? We don't have Amish people in the audience. How would? Well, they I don't know. Well, we might have some Mennonites over here. I, speaking of that, did I did I tell you? Did I tell you what? Oh God! So last time I was in Amish country with my friends, they own a uh, they own a bed and breakfast. They got a farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to talking to uh, one of the a mailman. In that Amish town, and he was complaining to me about the uh, electric bikes that these Amish kids are riding around, and they just go zipping by you because they don't, you know, they don't really understand real traffic laws. You know what I'm saying? They they either ride a bicycle or they ride that horse horse drawn buggy. They don't, you know, they don't, so they don't understand like getting on a vehicle that moves even faster like that electric bicycle and a bunch of them have gotten killed because they just don't understand. they go zipping around somebody and they don't signal and they don't you know they just don't get it apparently <clears throat> but he told me that so so of course all the amish kids have cell phones all right then they're not real amish but go well, ahead well well but he said but it's like so, so first of all, I said, hey, I said, how do they, well, maybe not all the Amish kids have cell phones, but I said, well, how do they, how do they have these electric bikes? How do they charge like, that bike? How do they charge the bike? So, so he said, the one, he's friends with the guy who owns a garage in this town, and they couldn't figure out their uh, electric bill had jumped way up over the course of a, a couple months. And here they figured out that these Amish kids were driving around and on their lunch breaks from wherever they were working, you know, they drive into the town to go get something to eat. And they park behind this guy's shop and just plug their bikes into his, into the back, you know, the outdoor sockets. And he goes, I don't think they even realize that it caught electric electricity costs money. You know, that <laughs> is indicative of a lot of people in America. They don't understand. Like not just, not just, <laughs> not just the Amish. Not just the Amish. They don't oh. understand electricity or what makes it. <laughs> or what makes it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Not where we want to go. Really? <laughs> you know, I thought we were going to talk about vanilla ice and, and now I'm going to talk about Electricity. Electricity. Uh-huh. Electricity. And I don't want. To. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll get you back. Vanilla so, ice takes so we got, a lot so, of electricity. So we, so we got on electricity because I was watching a TV show, and you asked me who what I was watching, and I I am a big fan of 
watching stuff on HGTV Discovery Network because I can't stuff I can't do. Like I I I love watching people redo houses. So I like this how the show called Farmhouse Fixer that Jonathan Knight hosts. And you said, well, who's that? And I go, he's one of the Backstreet or New Kids on the Block. You know, one of the people from our generation, New Kids on the Block, which Jason's probably never heard of. Good thing he's not here to say who. But uh, and then that led you to explain why you don't watch those shows. I don't. I said I quit watching pop celebrities fix up houses when they arrested uh, Vanilla Ice for stealing stuff out of the neighbor's house. (laughs) And and I was not, which is funny that we went from Vanilla Ice to Amish because didn't Vanilla Ice, one of his shows was fixing up Amish or something. Well, he might be Amish. Now that I think about it, he's got a, let me see what his, what's his real name? Rob Van Winkle. That's a pretty Amish name. Oh, so he's got a Kanye last name. Um, (laughs) Kanye. Let me see. Is it Rob Van Winkle? How did you remember that? Rob Van Winkle. Come on. What's a Fonzie Van Winkle? No. What's Fonzie's last name? Winkler. Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler. That was right. (laughs) Henry Von Winkle. Uh, It could be. (laughs) Yeah, see, he was February 18, 2015. He was uh, taken custody on burglary. What happened? He thought, why? He told cops he thought he could take it and stuff. I don't want to read the stuff. You know, he just. How do you go from Tech Nine to you know Channel Nine doing time? I don't know. You know, <laughs> how do you go from being a one-hit wonder to uh, having a successful TV show and then get arrested? What that, for... Was that was the only one hit? Didn't he have another one? Yeah, I mean, I think he had he like, remixed play that funky music. Well, what ruined him? I saw a thing where he had to pay Suge Knight. Well, oh no, uh, he had to pay. Not, he had he had to he pay had, David Bowie. David Bowie, guy. Queen. Mm-hmm. And you pressure. know what? At that point, yep, he was the first sampler to ever have to pay. Did you know that? There was I watched the whole thing on. Uh, was he the first sampler? Oh my gosh! Because dude, they used to sample. Yep, some and of those guys he, sampled everybody. And he claims the reason why because he was a white Jewish kid, so they made an example out of him. Oh brother. And when it Maybe. broke down to, at the end of the days, he was the first one that sampled and made a lot of money. You know, that song. Well, I don't, I don't know. I got to say know, the, the Sugar Hill Gang on Rapper's Delight sampled uh, Good Times by Chick, right? Chick or whatever. Good right. time. You know, you know what I'm saying? But it and wasn't that, really rappers, Well, yeah, it was theirs. I don't they, know. That Good Times was, was a big disco song. And, and the Sugar Hill Gang sampled that bass line do, 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 you know what I mean yeah. yeah or no you don't know that I don't you know <laughs> rapper's delight Sugar Hill gang we had here was a bunch of out of work strippers that were going around stealing stuff but, <clears throat> you know <laughs> and they they, they, when they got out of jail they called them salt and pepper they were so salty it changed after that you know <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know so you're not a fan of uh, Vanilla Ice. No, I, I mean, I the song was a big deal when we were what seniors. I was a, I was in college. No, was, you weren't. Oh yeah, I was. I was like a sophomore, freshman, sophomore in college. Absolutely, it's like ninety, ninety one, somewhere in there. Hold on, I'm looking 
Coming up right now. It should not, but it should. Yeah. Are you looking it up right here? I'm not looking it up. You said you were looking it up. I know. Well, I, I mean, I remember when it was. I mean, come on. You signed the 89, but 90 is when it came out. Now, hold on, it appeared on a Platinum Remix Underground. The A-side. Hold on a second, that's not right. Yeah, it is a hip-hop song. Do you know what the A-side was? The A-side of that song? Yeah, come on. You mean Ice Ice Baby was the B side? Yeah. Wow. Uh, now hold on. Are you? Do you? Would you like to know who they're giving credit on this thing? Now, you're gonna die when I is play that funky music. It was, was the A side? Okay, uh, that was the second. second hit. You know who the very theory. first songwriters got him? Mario Johnson. Never heard him. You know who the first? The first. Well, I'm just gonna go on down the line here, on songwriters. Brian May, from Queen, from Queen, David Jones, Freddie Mercury, John Deacon. Who was he? Hmm. Was he a member of Queen? He was an English songwriter, formerly of Queen. Okay, so they must have gave every member of Queen. Roger Taylor. Okay. Yeah, so it looks uh, every. I guess everybody. And then it says producers: Vanilla, Vanilla Ice, Queen, and David Bowie. There you go. But I think this is after they jacked him up. I think it was released before then on that. Oh, yeah. He was yeah, signed yeah, in 89. Yeah. He was oh, signed yeah, in 89. Yeah, he they, he didn't give them credit until he got called out. Yeah. Trust me. I think the thing where he had to give one of them one million and the other one's two million or something. That's all he had to give them? Because well, I mean, that, 19, $90, that's a lot of money, dude. I know, but he made a lot more money than that. On no, that. he I, said totally. I, he was only like five million. I don't believe that for a second. Unless Suge Knight took a bunch. I didn't realize Suge did. Suge sign him or something? Yeah. Yeah. Or well, I don't know if Suge Knight signed him, but Suge Knight made him sign with him after he. Yeah, got that's, some, you're right. Uh-huh. That's probably what he says as a defense when he got stopped uh, stopped for burglary. Hey. That's just my producer says everyone's so I gotta steal something. Um, right. So okay, so we don't like you know we're not a big fan of the fix. No, I never said I wasn't. I love Vanilla Ice. I just don't watch. I don't watch home improvement shows, and I'll tell you why. Because everyone's going to be saying the same way. They're going to have a crew there. Some chick is going to be smashing the wall with a freaking sledgehammer or something, and it's <laughs> BS, man. I don't like that. And then you know what they do? They call cut, and these gals go do whatever they do. And some dude gets a bunch of Mexicans in there and does all the work. Oh, so that's what I don't like about it. Um, okay. So speaking of nice architecture, I was set something this week. Now you, now when you go on vacation or somewhere, do you ever use like an Airbnb? No, at all. Never used one. Never used one. So I got sent, um, a link for the Airbnb, and this is uh, it's Buffalo Bills, the Silence of the Lambs house. You can go stay, 
at the house where Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs lived in the movie um, for uh, the low, low price of $468 a night. And as you walk in, it has a full life-size uh, statue of Hannibal Lecter in the straight jacket uh, and the little like leather face guard they had <laughs> they had for him. And it says you can stay overnight at Buffalo Bill's house, the famous movie house from the Academy Award-winning film The Silence of the Lambs for the first time in history. The 1910 Queen Anne Victorian-style home is located in a quiet neighborhood in Periopolis, Pennsylvania, about 30 miles south of Pittsburgh. Uh, used for filming uh, the 91 five-time Academy Award-winning film Silence of the Lambs. Uh, have your picture taken peering out the front door, just like Buffalo Bill. Step inside the foyer where Buffalo Bill lures Clarice into and eat in the iconic dining room where Clarice questions James Gum while searching for business cards in the top drawer of the building curio, which still exists. And it goes on and on and on. In addition, we built Buffalo Bill's Workshop of Horrors, an interactive set in the basement complete with vintage Singer sewing machine the American flag, full-length mirror, mannequins dressed in vintage 80s outfits, kimono, fully functional disco ball, and emotion-activated speakers playing Goodbye Horsies, playing as you enter the basement. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can you imagine that? No. All overnight stays include complimentary travel size of our best-selling Buffalo Bill's house, body lotion, and other special gifts. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I wonder if they lower it to you in a basket. You think they do? Do you think they do? I can't believe you are. That sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I. That's why I'm reading. I mean, I mean, that's an iconic movie for sure, but I mean, if you wanted to have an Airbnb, and I guess look, everybody's got for four hundred sixty-eight right? bucks a night. I can go buy the Hilton, and I guarantee you they'll put me some cookies and a couple of waters on the bed for that kind of money. Okay, <laughs> and I can buy a hell of a lot of whatever kind of lotion I want for that kind of money. I mean, four hundred sixty-eight bucks. I didn't even pay that when I went to the damn Formula One race in Monaco. <laughs> well, but you also didn't get to go down into the uh, Buffalo Bills haunted land. Well, I'm going to tell you, I don't know about Buffalo Bill, but if you've ever been to the south of France in between the opening of the Keynes Film Festival and the F1 race in Monaco, there's enough Buffalo Bill rides. <laughs> I mean, you, <laughs> Buffalo Bill ain't got nothing on some of the rides in that place. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. More ways than one. I mean, But there's not a sewing machine down there to make a flesh suit. Or whatever Buffalo Bill was. Wasn't it, wasn't I've seen that some Africans probably skin somebody for you if you give them enough money. Oh, jeez. Oh, Spe speaking of that, and because when I got this and I started thinking about it, I'm like, so in your career of law enforcement, did you ever come across a serial killer? <clears throat> well, I, I have been around a lot of killers. Okay. But some most people 
that kill. Now, we've had some weirdos pop up here lately. I blame it on the TV show. Which Most, one? Ozark. Oh, you mean... Yeah, because these weirdos the move down here, you know, or okay. you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know. But yeah. but to kill a... You know, so most people, most killers that I've been around killed the dude their old lady was sleeping with or their old lady or some dude over a crack deal gone bad. You know, i tell you the killer that I probably knew the most. There was a guy named um, Paul Neely. He shot a guy named Bird Terrell, Robert Bird Terrell. Um, they called him Big Bird. This guy was, I, I've been around, I was around Big Bird a lot as a cop. And uh, I'm trying to decide to tell you how much of the story I'm going to back up and tell you. But he was known by the, by, for the city police if they, if they went to a call and they called him Big Bird. Because he was a big old gangly. You know, some of these guys that get so big, they're, they're, but they're not, you know, kind of like Andre the Giant. Where those, they don't look proportionate, right? They look kind of gangly. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like yeah. longer arms. and. Uh, yeah. He wasn't like, he wasn't like the rock that's proportionate. I and mean, yeah. this dude was probably the rock size, right? 6'5", maybe 6'6", six, six, but probably 6'5", 280. But a hard drinking, hard blue collar worker type guy, right? And and when the city cops would have a call, they would always send like four cars because they knew if he wanted to fight, it'd take four or five of them. And this is back before tasers and before the cops just shot people. You know what I mean? Back in the old days, they duked it out a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, in the 80s and 90s, <laughs> they... they now guys don't. Now guys just don't. I was fight. trying to tell my son this the other day. He said something about something I don't remember. My youngest boy. And I said, "Well, it used to kind of be fun being a cop, but they don't. They, they, you know, there's a shortage of law enforcement here, like everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 there's a billboard or something. And he said, "Hey, daddy, something." And I said, Dude, "I got no no desire to do anything like that because in the old days there was a certain amount of fun to it." Because you didn't get crucified. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and, and it went like this. So so Bird Terra might be fighting four or five cops, might be drunk. Somebody calls cops on him. He rolls up. If the cops get madly with him, he wants to fight. They're all, all going to end up rolling around on the ground. He's going to end up maced and probably smacked around a little bit. Maybe. And he's, and he's not going to get mad about it. He's going to take No, they good. go to jail. And, 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 and he goes, he's not going to get mad about it. And, you know, he doesn't get charged with a whole lot because we had a prosecutor back in the old days when the Democrats ran his place. We had some prosecutors that thought, you know, I'm not going to charge him any more for beating up a cop than I am a citizen, right? So if you think he needs a little extra, you better give it to him in the parking lot or, or before you – you know what I mean? That was, just, yeah. that, was just, that was just the way it was. Now, I got very few physical confrontations, so I don't – I can't – I witnessed a bunch. I rolled up on a bunch and I cleaned up the aftermath of a bunch, but for whatever reason, I I didn't take the place serious, so I never really fought a lot. But back to Bird, I was running a lot when I was a young deputy and working in jail because he was in jail a lot. Okay, and I've told this story before, and I'm going to retell it. The night 
we found him. He came up missing. And and then the sheriff I worked for, he was just another old doper biker missing. Now, there supposedly we had one missing person. It was an old redheaded guy. I can't remember his name. He's supposedly in the concrete at this new super wall. It was new at the time, the super Walmart in Moberly, Missouri. Now, these guys, most of these guys are union laborers. This Bird and Terrell worked for my old man back in the day, and the shooter I'm about to tell you about worked for my old man, too. So, you know, they're just hard drinking, just, just a hard life, right? And and this redheaded biker came up missing, and he's to this day still missing. The sheriff I worked for claimed that they put him in the concrete the night before they did like a 200-and-some-yard pour. You know, who, they poured the entire pour him? of a super <clears throat> Walmart. You know, when they back up like a 50 concrete trucks with a, with these pump trucks. And you know what I mean? Yeah. But who so, put him in there? The people that killed him? Yes. Well, it okay. damn sure wasn't his... his but I'm saying, I'm saying you said the sheriff did, and I'm like, well, maybe the No, the sheriff, sheriff told me that, you know, because my sheriff ran the Crime Stoppers hotline. He was the chairman of the Crime Stopper deal. So he just knew everything about everything because he was an old, the original sheriff. I worked, he's just an old connected guy, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and they weren't going to dig up a new freaking Walmart just for some old Dover biker. Okay. It was a money deal gone bad. <laughs> they put the whack on him. The people that put the whack on him were labor guys. They went out there, dug a hole, put him in it. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And the next day when the concrete truck's backed up, you know, they shove a little dirt and gravel over top of them. The next day when they start pouring at 4 in the morning, they're going to pour... Like I said, you know, 100 trucks, they got 200 dudes standing there. They got 100 concrete trucks backed up or 50 or whatever they're pouring, you know. Them big pours, he's done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there was about a couple-hour window that somebody could have found him, and they missed it. You know what I mean? And they missed it. <laughs> Go back to Bird. So when Bird come up missing, the sheriff was just said, you know, hey, I, 
if he stays missing very much longer, he's probably in the concrete somewhere. So I had to go out to, I was the fledgling. This is when president Clinton was in and they were giving out money for community policing grants. And I was supposed to be a community police guy out of this little town that where they hated the sheriff. But my, my uncle, my grandpa's brother, my great uncle was on the board. So he was making me the town cop. And in the, and the story I like to tell, cause I just, it just tickles me to death is the sheriff called up to the jail and said, you can ride with me out to this meeting. I'm meet me in the back door of the jail. So I go to the back door of jail and there's the sheriff in his old army truck. And I told you people that remember the night, remember yeah. all this military surplus here given away. So I get in the truck with the sheriff and he promptly rear ends a minivan, letting some kids off and picking up some kids at a, at a, at a grade school kid care by this courthouse and the guy jumps out and rails on the sheriff a little bit now my sheriff never wore his name tag because he was always disheveled and and when the guy said the guy he the sheriff apologized and said sorry if you have a problem take down tom's auto body and and you call up the office and the guy goes i want to know who the hell i know haymire that was the sheriff i worked for i know haymire who should i tell him was driving he said well you tell him deputy crocker he'll know he'll know <laughs> And that's when he jumped in the truck and looked over me and said, sorry, bud, I had to give you up, man. I I said, really? He goes, well, screw him. He says he knows who I am. He don't even know who I am. Let's go. So all the way back. I know the sheriff, but he's talking to him. Yeah, he's talking to the sheriff, threatening another sheriff. And my sheriff didn't wasn't, he could check his ego instantly. Yeah, not say, hey, I am the sheriff. Right, because he didn't want to get into that shit, right? He was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm sorry, sir. Please don't call him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Whatever you do, don't call the sheriff. (laughs) On the way back, they called him on the radio and told him to call the police department. He called the police department, parked at the police department, told me to wait outside. He walked in and came back and said, we found Bird. And what he had done is he was out behind Missouri Furniture. was a furniture store. You You guys can Google it up. I mean, it's... New shit's out there, right? So somebody shot him 18 or 19 times in the face with a 22, 16 Holy or 17. Uh, wow, okay. So anyway, so then that was the big, so the next night we found him at night, and the next day it was, oh, my God, who killed him? You know, there's the long, you know, when you do these, you know, like 48 hours, who's got something in for it? This guy that had a 1,000 people had it in for him. Oh, well, yeah. Everybody that knew him hated him. And, uh. <laughs> But at about three in the afternoon, the new local news called nine one one and said this guy's in the newsroom and he wants to confess on live air. And it was a guy named Paul Neely. And he said, "Hey, I shot him, and this is how it went down." He said, "I heard he was, uh, uh, I heard he was molesting my uh, underage daughter, and I went and confronted her, and she said, yeah, he'd been doing it since she was twelve or thirteen or something.' So." He said, I called him up and said, hey, man, I got the back key to the back because he was he had worked there as a like a furniture delivery guy and maintenance guy and whatever. And he called Bird up and said, hey, dude, I got the back key to the back door if you want to go in and steal some stuff. Well, what he had done was he hid a 22 in there, one of the Marlins with a tube under the barrel that holds like 16 or 18 22 shells. And, and when Bird was standing, when he went in and opened the door. Bird was standing there, and he just he reached in and grabbed his twenty-two, come around and shot him right in the face, and he went down and he just kept shooting until it was out. 
emptied the whole gun and walked away and left him. So he was behind the furniture store. Holy moly. And he sat right on the curb till the police showed up. So you've been around enough of lawyers. How do you defend that? Or I mean, how do you even sequester a jury? I mean, how, I mean that, so they started with that. Does that make sense? They started with like third degree manslaughter or something because they just assume it's all true. Now, whether it is or not, because part of the people think it was a drug deal, said both of them owed money to the same dude to kill the redheaded stranger. And, 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 and they told, and they told well, Neely, Hey, this is deal. Go you, kill either him. Go, you either kill him or you're going to go down for it. And he said, okay, I'll take care of it. And so the, the, the molesting daughter deal was just, uh, uh, like a, a cover. A hell of a defense because it worked because you can shoot, especially back in the nineties, you could shoot pedophiles around here and not bat an eye. Really, I mean, not to say it's open season on them nowadays or back then, but yeah, when it's under certain parameters, they let people shoot you, and that was one of them. And uh, so anyway, when he got arrested, of course, my mom called. She goes, oh, my God, he's such a nice guy, this Paul. And I said, how do you know him? She said, oh, he works for your dad over there. He's the one that built your brother, you and your brother, your toy boxes and did all the woodwork. He built us. Bits. <laughs> what? <laughs> my dad's mom had bought this old farmhouse, and my dad redid it. And we had these fancy toy boxes and built-in uh, desks, you know what I'm saying, and, and with bookshelves and shit. And he was a carpenter. And my mom was like, yeah, that's who. That's you know, if, so if, you'd, if, huh? if you'd have been a little more famous as a, as a killer, that stuff might be worth some money. Well, I, you know, he came out, and as far as I know, he's never been in trouble. You know what's weird is I think that was the first time he'd ever gotten in trouble and the last time he ever got in trouble. They let him out in a couple of years, and, you know, that's you know the world's maybe a little better place when one of these weirdos gets the whack. But that's where I was going with that. Most of the killers I was around were people that killed the dude that they had a problem with. And I would tell people sometimes I would rather deal with the honest to God killer, even once I've been in jail for a long time or not, than some punk on the street, right? Because you get some 17, 18, 19 year old punk on the street, he does not realize that you've already won. And when I say you, you represent the state. Whether it's you or the next 10 guys that follow you into this door, sooner or later, you're going to win and you're going to crush him, right? You've already won. Young punks don't realize that, but these old timers do. So, Old timers ain't going to screw with you much. <clears throat> and the killers have usually killed who they were mad at. And now they just want to, you know, get on with it. Well, so, it, around so, the real mean killer, especially back in them day, I, you know, yeah. Where'd John Wayne Gacy come from? Chicago? Yes. Outside of Chicago. And then who was the funny guy down there in Florida? Oh, they, um, most yeah. of the serial killers. <laughs> Jack Ted Bundy. Yes, Ted Bundy. they see they jack around places like that or California, because you jack around too much around here and 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 you know that all the weirdos on Twitter now say f around and find out, right? Well, that's because you can only. I mean, you you can't be a real serial killer in the Ozarks because first of all, there's not enough transient population to kill, and second of all, once you start messing with your neighbors or kill the wrong person, you're going to get the whack. So you got to go to those liberal enclaves where the, where the, I don't know what you'd call. I was gonna say only the lonely live. No, wait a second. Ted Bundy was not in a liberal enclave. Bundy in Florida? <laughs> that ain't very liberal. 
Well, I think now, but back then it was. I don't think so. I think there's parts of it. I don't think he was hanging out in the liberal part. And what about the dude, um, the um, BTK, right? Blind, blind torture. He was, and kill. he was in Kansas, right? Kansas City or something. Yeah. Well, you know what? That guy was really messed up. I've seen. I, have you ever seen anything on him? Well, I've seen something the other day on it because didn't they think he came back for a minute or sent somebody sent something? Well, he did. He got. That's how he got caught. Because you know. He, he did, did they he, really catch you? Oh, you're right. They did. Wouldn't I think he wanted to get caught though? Didn't he? Well, they he was very egotistical, and they led to him getting basically because he he had done all the stuff. I think in the early '70s, and then they surmised that he took off because he had a kid, and he waited until that. It take a lot of time. I mean, it's hard to be on the road killing a bunch of people out all late at night, and you got kids that need help with homework and sports and band and shit. I mean, but he was the uh, I can't help you, Junior. I got to go whack somebody. Well, but he was the guy uh, that was the code enforcer, right? For the city. So oh, he, he could around. beat now that you say that. Yeah, he was the code enforcer guy. And uh, so he just, that's what his job was, to drive around and, and go check out people's houses. But I think they th- what happened was, is he did all that stuff in the early 70s, took that time off, and then started writing letters yeah i knew there was a letter component that they tracked him down with right yeah and that's how they tracked it down because they figured out what oh yeah he was using the computer at his church oh yes it was the church thing the printer right um no it was was it the printer that he no every i think every printer thing thanks thanks to the post office every like every piece of mail scanned every printer leaves an electronic signature on it well, I forget because I must have I must have seen, but they they kind of saw some surveillance. But I footage. think you're right. It is yeah. about the church because yeah. because I watched something on it not too long ago. Now we had one up by my uncle's house that a trooper I worked with who's dead now. Otherwise, we'd get him on there and he could tell you all about it. Um, it was a mother and it was an elderly couple that were that were a farm couple, and uh, I don't know how many. Um, Oh, shoot, the name just escapes me. How many people they killed? Um, Who was that? The farm couple. Uh, hold on a second. I'm going to... I'm going to... Oh, boy. You know, we're supposed to do the research before the show. Or is that or is that what makes our show? <laughs> that, we, that we don't even know we're gonna, that we're going to talk about it. How do we get from Vanilla Ice to the... Ray and Faye Copeland. Oldest serial killer. Now, that's a, that's I've a YouTube. I've never heard of them. They, they yep. Yep. He they? got the death penalty. They were in Northwest Missouri. Uh... He died at Potosi Correctional Center. He was on, on occupation. It says cattle farmer, thief, swindler, forger, killer. So they have known victims. One, two, three, four, five. Well, really, that's not very many. He was counting on five. You still there? Oh, yeah. So anyway, are you reading it or you want me to do the backstory? Because I'm reading about it here and I want to make sure I don't get too, you know, because 
he uh, he would pick up these drifters and hobos and employ them as far ha- farm hands on his property in Mooresville, Missouri. He'd take the employees to the market where he they would use his bad checks to buy cattle for him. After the transactions, uh-huh. Ray would sell the cattle quickly, and the farm hands would disappear without a trace. Wow! And what and what was the time period this was in? This is in the late eighties and the nineties. He got caught in. Hold on. In October 89, they visited Copeland's farm with a search warrant and a team of bloodhounds. Initially, they didn't find anything incriminating, but after first, they found the bodies of three young men were discovered in a nearby barn. As the search continued, more bodies were found and killed with the same weapon, a 22 caliber Marlin rifle that was later found in the Copeland home. I've never heard that story, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm surprised. So the Do what? I'm surprised. I mean, there's a. I've listened to a lot. And of course, she said, she said when she went to trial, her defense said she was a dutiful wife and mother and endured beatings and general ill treatment from her husband. However, the jury convicted her five counts, first degree murder and give, she was given four death sentences too. (laughs) And one life. (laughs) So, So if, so here's the ironic thing is if she didn't know anything about Bill Neely, she could have just killed her husband and said, he beat me and abused me, uh-huh. and she could have got out in a couple of years. She should have just said, I don't know. Not even that. She should have just said, I don't know what he's doing. I think he killed somebody in the barn. And I heard him talking about it, and I wanted to kill him before he killed me. And then sure enough, they'd go find all these dead dudes. There you go. That's but now, that perfect. That would perfect. So the judge overturned her death sentence, but she let him commute to life without parole. She suffered stroke and died. Yeah, anyway. Do you think people like that suffering a stroke and dying is probably... Oh, well, hold on a second. And then I see where this weak in the knees Governor Bob Holden authorized the medical parole for Faye, fulfilling her one last wish not to die in prison. She was paroled to a nursing home where she died of natural causes. She left behind five children and 17 grandchildren. 17 grandchildren. Holy smokes. Uh-huh. That's crazy. I can't believe they let her have her damn last wish. I don't I, know, you know. I, look, man, I, I, I don't know how we on cr- murders, but you know, I well, wanted to do. I really wanted to do a, a, a vanilla ice will do that to you. I, well, I wanted to do a. I, I thought about one time doing a documentary. There was a there was a, a pair of killers that went to t- two separate killers. I think I've talked about some. Maybe I haven't. I think I've talked offline with you about it. Maybe. We had two killers in Boone County going at the same time. Uh, dude, black guy that they just killed a couple of years ago now. He was borderline retarded. He walked to the trailer park to the Casey's, did all the shopping for years. And then he got sideways because of the crack and the money and everything else. So he went into the Casey's where he always worked or where he always shopped and robbed the place and brought everybody in the back room into the freezer three of them, I think, and killed him with a hammer because someone oh. thought they recognized him. Huh? Oh, geez. Okay. Okay. So they give him the death penalty because they said he had his cool reflection time to sort it out. His defense said, first of all, our guy's retarded. Second of all, he's on crack. Third of all, he just did it because he freaked out because he thought they knew who he was because he always shopped here and he lives next door. <laughs> and uh, the jury said, boom, you're getting it because 
he got time to think from the time he took them from the counter to the kit uh, to the freezer. Now, Casey's most Casey's ain't very big, so this depends on how much your time you're talking. But at the same time, there was an insurance salesman named Eric Beislein who killed ten people. I think. Let me Google him up. He's an insurance salesman. Yeah, so he was uh, uh, back on the crack again. Man, that crack killed a lot of shit, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Golly. He had a relatively normal childhood. That's what it says right here. He was diagnosed. He took Ritalin for three years back in the day when it was it was cutting edge. Uh, he started, went to Purdue, joined fraternity. Anyways, just one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. So I thought he went to Mizzou, but Purdue's not that bad, I guess. So <clears throat> anyway, what he would do is he would go out and sell these door-to-door insurance policies. And when he found these old women out in the middle of nowhere, he would um, sell them an insurance policy, you know, like a funeral policy or whatever. Yeah. But he would, instead of making like, uh, Christy, your instead of making you Christy's beneficiary, she would make it out to himself, and then he would come back and choke them out and kill them. And then sometimes they would, you know, they they might lay out there a week or two or three or whatever, you know what I mean? You know how farm country is, right? So when the cops would find, you know, grandma's body or whatever, they well, it's eighty five year old woman out here, you know, kind of. It's about her Just, time to go. Does that make yeah. sense? I don't know how yeah. to say it. But, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah. but, and then sometimes he would forge checks on them and stuff like that. But most of the time he was their beneficiary. So what happened is he went out, he got jammed up over dope money. And uh, he went out and went to, he he went to kill one so he could collect her policy. And she just, she just outgunned him. I'm, you know, she fought him, and she. I'm trying to read right here. A little 84 year old Evelyn Hesh. Uh huh. I mean, mouth. I, huh? I how how many times do you think you could get away with? I don't know, but they selling, him. I'm, that's what I'm, that, I'm trying to see how many he killed here. <laughs> One, so they 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 exhumed this body right here. Uh-huh. So three victims that they three victims that they they convicted him. Yeah. Well, that they, because this one I'm reading here, they they dug this one guy up and said, well, he really looks like he, uh, they established he died of a heart attack, but his death led the police to investigate in a bank report showing a Bellman had purchased a $15,000 policy for his line of his death. And anyway, so he had, he had, he had took that money. So, but all that's to say is this guy went out there, he had an elaborate scheme It, he got life. He didn't get the death penalty. Okay. And and that was the big rush when they were trying to save this poor retarded black guy on death row here. This guy, they're saying this two or three minutes that he could reflect from the, the cooler to the kitchen or, you know, from the counter to the cooler to kill these people was enough. But this good-looking college graduate insurance guy can, can drive 40 or 50 miles out in the country and sell these people a policy and come back weeks later and kill them. And and that's not cool reflection. 
it's not, yeah, that's all. Exactly. Exactly. Let's see, in Missouri, the the juries decide the whether you're innocent, innocent or guilty, and then they get to turn around and they get to decide your um, penalty. So the judge doesn't do it, the jury does. Huh, that's kind of different. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to see, so some of these guys get changes of venues or whatever, and I'm trying to see where he got a... You mean to go somewhere where... Yeah, so instead of being out like Basiris, they'll get a change of venue to go to to uh, uh, Columbus. Columbus. Yeah, where it's like, you know. Well, how many times could you get away with selling your own, you know, an insurance policy from a company that you work for and then have that company issue you a check after the person died? You know, there you go. This is back in the 80s before all that shit was washed out. I don't know. So you mean it would just some some lady, some guy somewhere in a desk filling out a check? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Because then and it looks like he's getting sloppy here. He was, Sometimes he would take their money and never buy the policy and just keep their, keep their money, too. Oh, gee. Well, that you wouldn't know. be. So he didn't have to kill them? Yeah. So, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know, man. It's just a bad world. When you start killing folks... Unless you work for the U.S. government in the Middle East or North Africa, it gets sticky, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't uh, I can't go out killing folks on the mail route, you know what I'm saying? And I yeah. work for the government. Well, I mean, you got a rough mail route, though. You might be the victim. They might turn the tables on you pretty quick. Some of them neighborhoods. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs> God only knows what's hiding in our As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.